Welcome to Light Steps Live. Our mission is to open the Word of God to edify the believer and evangelize the world, that people who follow Jesus can walk in the light as He is in the light. Command number one is don't worry, right here in this passage in, in Matthew chapter 6, uh, verses 25 through 34. But then He gives us another command and even more reasons. Go back over to verse number 31. Let's look at what it says again. Therefore, he's he's doing another therefore. And remember, whenever you see a therefore, back up and find out what it's there for. And just review, he's warned us back in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, that if you lay up your treasures in the wrong place, your heart will be in the wrong place. That will lead, as it tells us in verse number 24, you might serve the wrong master. And in serving the wrong master, you wind up setting yourself up for a life of anxiety. So when he says, therefore, in verse 25, he says, back up and make sure, make sure, beloved, Make sure that you're storing up your treasures in the right place and that your heart is in the right place and that you're serving and loving the right master and that you see this right master has good care over you and he is, he has care and he does care. So he tells in verse 24, for don't, therefore don't worry. Make sure you got your heart and your life and your service following the right master and then don't worry if you're following God. Don't worry. He's got you. He gives all these examples. Command number one, don't worry. Why? Because because God knows how important your life is. He's going to take care of you. There's there's more to life than what you eat or what you drink. There's way more important stuff in life than, than what you eat, what you drink, and what you wear. God loves little birds, and he's taking care of little birds. He'll take care of you because he loves you more than little birds. God loves fields, and he makes them beautiful, and he loves you more than fields. He'll take care of you. God, uh, God knows that if, if worry could produce anything, he would endorse worry. But worry does not produce the, the righteousness of God, just like anger. It doesn't produce the righteousness of God. So God, he, he won't endorse worry. As a matter of fact, he says, don't worry. Here's some cool reasons. Command number two comes to us in verse number 31. It tells us again, therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? This command is saying, don't be anxious in the face of not knowing the answer. The other is, don't be anxious in the face of serving the wrong master. Here's, don't be anxious in the face of not having the solution right in front of your face. As you see real clear, verse 31, he knows the questions we'll ask. It's like, okay, God, cool. You telling me not to worry. But what am I going to eat? Uh, winter's coming. What am I going to wear? Uh, uh, this water over here that I can see is foul and poisonous. What am I going to drink? So on the one case is don't worry if you have the right master. This command is basically saying don't worry if you don't see the answers. This is very, very this is relevant to us here in the middle of this COVID-19 crisis. We're not seeing the answer out of this crisis. We're not seeing when this is going to open up. And so God's like, don't worry if you serve the right master. Now I'm telling you, don't worry if you don't see the clear answer. I don't know if y'all know how good this is, but this is really good stuff. So then he gives a really intriguing reason. I would call it reason number five 
We introduce reasons one through four in verses 25 through 30. We give command number two in verse 31. Now let's see reason number five in verse 32. He says, for the Gentiles seek after these things and your heavenly father knows that you, uh, that you need them all. So what's the reason he tells you not to worry? He says, your father knows your needs. It is literally in the face of the temptation to scramble when we don't see an answer. In the face of the temptation to scramble, to snatch and grab and make sure that I take care of number one, what the Lord Jesus is saying is when you, when you don't see the answer, remember your father knows the answer. When you don't see how to answer things you perceive as important needs, understand the father sees how to answer what you know are important needs. He knows they're important too. Now, the example he gives is, is kind of tough. He says Gentiles. And let's be clear here. He's not just making a racial or social designation. He's basically saying, and uh, just take, for example, those Pagans, verse 32, you might say, for the pagans, for the godless Gentiles, they're taught to watch out for number one and to scratch and grab and go for. They even taught that they have a number of little G gods. And uh, if they want to get all the things they need, they have to work hard and appease these gods. So it's no wonder they're scrambling. It's no wonder and I am telling y'all, I'm telling y'all in this secular culture we live in, all people do, they don't have to have little idols that they bow down and worship. People have set up all sorts of false gods and they believe that they have to serve all these false gods and they have to trust all these false gods. And because their hearts are set on the wrong, uh, excuse me, because they treasure wrong things, their hearts are on the wrong things. They have the wrong master. They're set up for that master to not be able to satisfy them. So they're anxious. They're set up that when they see the need, they have to scramble. And what Jesus is saying here is I'm telling you, don't worry when you don't see the answer because your father sees the answer. It's pretty cool. Also, we believers know we're being called to a life of, of service. We, we're supposed to give ourselves over to a life of service. And we trust our father with the line of supply. That's right. Write that down. Tweet that. We believers are supposed to be given over to a life of service. And we trust our sovereign father for the line of supply. You know, let's dip back a little bit. Let's back up just a little bit and go, go, you know, look at Psalm 103, one of my favorite Psalms. And, in, 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 well, I always say that whatever Psalm I'm reading tends to be my favorite Psalm because I was studying for this passage and it led me over to Psalm 103. Right now, I can say it's one of my favorite Psalms. All right. Just so I don't, um, just so I don't uh, do the whole thing, let's just fast forward down to uh, verse 13 and 14. Psalm 103, verse 13. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. That's one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. He knows our frame. He remembers we are dust. All right. This is a totally cool passage because here we, we learned that 
You know, the father cares. Somebody say amen. The father cares. Now look at verse 15, Psalm 103. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field for the wind passes over it and it is gone and its place and its place knows it no more. All right. Verse 13 to 14. Your father totally cares, right? Your life is frail and feeble. Now get this, verse 17 and 18. But the steadfast love of the Lord from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. All right, so there's this reality that man's life is temporary, feeble, and frail. And sandwiched on both sides of this is the reality that God cares and God is bigger than the boogeyman. His his steadfast love will go on forever. The grass will wither and fade. Man's life will wither and fade. But, but what? The word of the Lord endures forever and his love is from everlasting to everlasting. God cares for his creation, flowers and grass and men. They are feeble and fleeting, easily scorched, easily slain, but God cares and God is able to care for us. You hear that? God cares and he's able to care for us. We don't have to, we don't have to scratch and, and grub and scramble. Our father cares and we don't have to be like the Gentiles who are scrambling all the time. Our father knows. Okay. So command number two is don't worry about this stuff. It's not to say be lazy. That's where the lesson of the birds comes in. Be laborious, but be laborious without fretting. That's where the lesson of the field comes in, right? The field just sits there and God closes it. So we exist with the gift of labor, good labor, and we labor while resting in trust. Command number three. Oh man, I see the time is flying. Whew. Command number three found in the first part of verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You see that? What is the reason? The reason is right behind it. Okay. The reason's right behind it. And all these things will be added to you. You don't have to chase it. Focus on God and trust God to supply you. Command one, don't worry if you are following the right master. Command two, don't worry if you can't see the answer because your father sees the answer. Command three, seek first the kingdom. Why? Because you've got the right master. This master sees what you don't. So put your focus on this master. Put your focus on God. What are the reasons he gives you? He says, hey, I'm taking care of everything else and I love you more than all that stuff. So I'll take care of you. I'm telling you, don't fret because fretting is not going to add anything to you. And I'm telling you, don't snatch and grab. Don't let snatching and grabbing and worrying be the inward posture or the outward action because your daddy knows what you need. Go out and do the things you're supposed to do. Do what you can when you're supposed to be doing it in the right place, the right time, the right people. And you trust that if you've given your life over to service, I will give my time to the line of supply. It really makes me think when you go to a grocery store and can't even find a pack of toilet paper. 
what sort of people are we? What sort of people indeed? Somebody might be asking. I think it's a totally legit question. Somebody might be asking, what does it mean to seek the kingdom? I, I wrote down a few ideas. And and I, I think I think there's a whole lot more. I won't say a lot about these because he just says here, seek ye first the kingdom. He doesn't expound on it, but everywhere in, that Jesus teaches expounds on it. So uh, without getting too deep on it, watching time just fly by, let me just give, um, let me give six or seven sentences. Uh, to seek the kingdom means to seek the king. Think about abiding. To seek the kingdom means uh, like desire and ask for the kingdom reality in your life. Think about how Jesus taught him to pray. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Seek the kingdom, want it and ask for it. To seek the kingdom is to edify and evangelize. What do I mean? Build up believers and reach the lost. Make disciples, in other words. I mean, that's what the king told his people to do. So if you're seeking the king and you want his kingdom, you get about kingdom labor. Right? Does that make sense to anybody? I pray it does. I tell people all the time, I have a global mindset. That means I have a global concern for the for the gospel, but a local responsibility. In other words, wherever I'm, I care about lost people everywhere. I care about the gospel going everywhere, but I am responsible right where I stand with the gospel. Global mindset. Seeking the kingdom means submitting to the king. And when we find any area where we're not in agreement with him, we, we want to get an agreement with him. Seeking the kingdom means being honest and productive in vocation and labor that benefits others. Honest and productive. Who I would like to do a whole series on that. Um, seeking the kingdom means wanting justice. Wanting justice for others and working for justice for others. And seeing the kingdom means pursuing righteousness. Now, now what could that be? Like pursuing right action. That's a sort of a, a sort of a way to look at it. It's deeper than that. So he says, seek the kingdom. So I might say, what is that? What does seeking the kingdom look like? There's some clues. And he says, so your reason not to, your command is instead of worrying, seek the kingdom. Your reason for seeking the kingdom is when you're doing that, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to add everything you need to you. So then command number four is sort of like a reiteration. It's a, you know, verse 34, therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow. So the command is don't be anxious, but you see that therefore, all right? It's like, go back and review all of this. That's, that's what the therefore is. Go back and review all the things we've just talked about. And then remember not to be anxious. Okay. And don't be anxious about tomorrow. Don't say, how am I going to do this tomorrow? Just concentrate on doing it today. Tomorrow, get here and we'll worry about that then. So what does that look like? It means like today, I want to figure out what has taken my heart and I want my heart. I want to treasure the things of God. And I want my heart to follow what I treasure. I want Jesus to be my master. I want to reiterate my trust in his sovereignty. And I want to do that today. I want to be released from fill in the blank today, and I want to pursue the kingdom today, and I don't want to figure out, I don't even want to have to worry about how I'm going to do that tomorrow, or how I'm going to do it the next day, or how am I going to do it the next day. I want to live with God today. I want to be released from X so that I can be released to God. I want to be set free from this thing that's pulling at me so that I can give myself over to the service of God, and then I'll trust the supply of God. If you were looking at the therefore in verse 34, it would beg us to go back and say, what is God's warning? God's warning, 
all the way back in 619 is watch out where you lay up your treasures. Why? Because whatever you treasure there, your heart will follow. What's the trouble with that? The trouble with that is you'll wind up serving the wrong master. What's the trouble with serving the wrong master? You serve the wrong master, your life is filled with anxiety. And if your life is filled with anxiety, I'm telling you, you're serving the wrong master. So back up and make sure you're serving the right master by treasuring the right things. So your heart is set on the right things. So your heart is set on the right master. And then trust the sovereign God, trust sovereign God to supply your needs. You serve him. You serve others. Live a life of service and know your daddy knows all your needs. Know your daddy knows. Your heavenly father knows that worrying isn't going to help you. If he thought it would help you, he'd say worry away. So seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Don't worry. Don't worry. Focus on God today. Let go. Uh, be released from what? has had a hold of you today and serve God today. Tomorrow, wake up and joyfully repeat that. Do not be carried away by worry on an ordinary day. And we certainly can feel the challenge not to be carried about, carried, uh, carried away by worry in these crazy days that we're living in. Thank you for joining us on Light Steps Live today. My name is Katie Bose, and the rest of our production team is Andrew Liggett, Shannon Allen, and Steve Riley. Music provided by Banjo Ben Clark. Connect with Banjo Ben at banjobenclark.com. Tim Bose is a pastor of East Rock Community Church and the executive director of My Life Matters, a gospel ministry with a focus on making disciples who become lifelong followers of Jesus. Discover more about My Life Matters at mylifematters.club. Mm-hmm.